Welcome to the third episode of the Necronominom podcast. This week, we are going to begin what will hopefully be the meat of our podcast series, where we take a look back at a classic horror film and discuss it. This week, we're going to be talking about an American werewolf in London. This is a classic horror film from the 80s, directed by John Landis, and it's considered to be one of the best werewolf films made so far. I would also like to add that this is the same director as the thriller video, Michael Jackson. I didn't know that. Is it really? Yeah. Huh. A lot of the makeup is similar to that. Right. And the werewolf transformation and all that. Interesting. I wonder if... When did Thriller come out? Did Michael Jackson see this and and request him to do it or something? Or was it the other way around? Yeah, it could be. 1982. So it was around the same time. Yeah, okay. So it could could be either way. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. And just for the record, because this, this is an old film, we're not going to worry about spoilers. So if you haven't seen it, just go watch it first. Um, if, when we talk about a, a new release film, we will discuss it without spoilers first, so you get a chance to kind of hear what we thought about it. Um, but with an old film like this, we're not going to. We'll, we'll talk spoilers straight off. So yeah, you've had want. plenty of time to see it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. If you haven't seen this film yet, go just go and watch it right now. It's really good. So the plot of this film is quite simple, really. There's two Americans backpacking in northern England. They come across uh, kind of a strange town where everybody seems to be acting a bit peculiarly. Is peculiarly a word? How about just peculiar? Sure, we go with that. They've got like a pentagram on the wall of the pub. Pentacle. Pentacle. They're all acting a bit strange. So they leave and then they're attacked by a wealth out on the moors. That's, that's kind of the plot, really. It's about what happens after that. It's a lot of time about the kid who's about to transform. Yeah. It was made, what, 35 years ago? Mm-hmm. I kind of feel like it's timeless. Like, if you watch An American Werewolf in Paris, it is very dated. Yeah, right. Whereas this one, it felt old, but it still felt modern. I think the practical effects help with that a lot. The transformation of that werewolf, I cannot believe they did that in the 80s. Yeah, I think practical effects just hold up so much better over time because mm-hmm. where the early computer-generated stuff now just looks awful... Like, a good practical effect always looks good. Yeah, I was surprised. They did the whole transformation in just one long shot. Mm -hmm. It looked better than any werewolf transformation I have seen in recent times. Yeah. Yeah, it does cut. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think they shot a bunch of angles on it, but you're right. Watching his hand lengthen like that, it looks great. There's no hiding... I don't know, he doesn't fall down behind the couch or something and then pop up as a werewolf. You, You see it all happen. It's very, very effective. Right. I felt that, in particular, Jack's makeup when he was when he first shows up at the hospital as the ghost mm-hmm. uh, or ghost-like figure, his makeup appliance where his you know his throat's been torn open and he's got the scratches across his face. I thought that was really good. Yeah, you can definitely see on his face that it's been built up to be taken away. Yeah, but on his chest, not so much. His chest and his neck are ripped right open, and it looks yeah. terrific. Yeah, I thought it was really effective. Like it's very very gory makeup. Mm-hmm. So, um, and and it's, and it, yeah, it's, he's got like layers so that it looks like exposed stuff underneath. Yeah. Yeah. It, it's, yeah, it was really, really effective. I felt like his later makeups were not as effective. I find it strange that, I mean, he's a ghost and he, yeah. this, most of the movie takes place within a single week. Yeah. Um, and he, within two visits... Uh, with the difference of maybe a day or two. Yeah. He's now decomposed. Yeah, I wondered, I think... As a ghost. Maybe, maybe we're to assume that, that he is somewhat a figment of David's imagination and he's imagining him that way. Right. 
like that that would make sense sort mm-hmm. of um but yeah i felt yeah the the original makeup at the hospital was great i felt like when he was de- like decomposing a bit it didn't look as good yeah it was blacker and more muddled yeah i mean that's probably authentic but i just i don't know i didn't feel feel as um I don't know. It didn't feel as real. And then his final appearance where he's more skeleton, which was clearly animatronic, mm-hmm. uh, I didn't feel was that effective. I, I mean, it looked cool, but it didn't feel realistic at all. The werewolf as well, I felt like maybe they showed the werewolf a bit, a bit too much at the end. And I think he said that in the interview. They were a bit enamored with the werewolf uh, that they created and they maybe showed him too much. Yeah, it becomes less scary. That's... That bit where he's you just see the glimpse of him coming out of the tunnels, that was more effective, uh, I felt, yeah. than the close-ups of him that was, attacking people. That was people. a very scary kind of... It made him... Made it a scary creature. And then there was one shot that was really good when the guy when the policeman walks into the theater at the end and you just kind of quickly see the werewolf look up. Yeah. And it's kind of, you know, eating the, the remains of that guy. I thought that was effective. But then as soon as it bursts out into London, I felt like it, it became... A puppet. Yep. <laughs> uh, and then some shots look really good. There was one where it was running along and the camera was following it and it was running around. I thought that looked actually quite good. But then there were others like when, when he bites the detective's head off, the teeth are clearly kind of rubbery. And yeah. Yeah, I felt like that wasn't, that wasn't as effective as they would have liked. No, the deaths that you didn't see were better than the ones that you did. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I feel like in horror, sometimes not showing it is scarier if you leave it to the viewer's imagination, especially... You know, with things like a werewolf. Yeah, things that can't really be done effectively enough are scarier yeah. to, to just imagine. Yeah. Yeah, agreed. And I think he, he did say that, I think, in the, in the interview. He said that they they were... They thought the werewolf was pretty good and so they showed it a lot at the end and he kind of thinks maybe they should have held back on that a bit. Yeah. I want to talk about that town. Yes. So these two guys go to um, East Proctor, I think it was called. Yep. First of all, why are they there? They're backpacking in in northern (laughs) London. There is nothing in this place. And it seems like they didn't look into anything before. They just hitched a ride with this guy and walked. Yeah, they talk about how, you know, one of them's excited to finally get to Italy, to Rome, where things will be happening. But they started their adventure in the north of England. uh, And it's just, you know, it's It's just just empty. Yeah, it's moors and and sheep farms and and there's nothing. Right. But this town that they come to is immediately kind of skeptical of them. They walk into this bar, the Slaughtered Lamb, and everybody stops talking and looks at them. And then Mm -hmm. as soon as they ask a question, everyone's like, no, out, like you leave. (laughs) Which is very strange because these people want to keep their secret. Wouldn't they be like, oh, hey, guys, uh, just stay in here tonight and you're not leaving. Yeah. The secret of the town, obviously, is that there's a werewolf. Because they uh, they ruin this guy's darts game, they just send him out to their deaths? That guy, I felt, was a bit inconsistent. Because later on, like, he, he's a big tough guy at the start. But then later on, he's the one who kind of freaks out and you know reveals the secret of the town. Yeah. Also, I there's a nice little cameo from Rick Mail in, in that scene. Drop Dead Fred, Young Ones, Rick Mail. He's one of the townspeople. Do the townspeople understand the curse? I don't know. I mean, that's all unclear, and it, it doesn't really matter. Because they know that there are werewolves. They put up the pentacle to protect this place against them. But yeah. then it comes out later when... Because um, the two guys, one of them 
is killed and one of them is bitten so that he transforms later. Yes. The one that's killed comes back to him in these visions and he reveals to him that he is now the sole remaining werewolf. Yes. Which means at the beginning of the movie, the werewolf that attacks them is the sole remaining werewolf at that time. Right. He's the only one. Yeah. And if the town knew that, wouldn't they just kill that guy? <laughs> sure. They do. They shoot him when he attacks the two kids and uh -huh. then see that the kid has been bitten. If they understood the curse at all. Oh, he's been bitten. He's going to turn. Let's just shoot him now because we're already going to make up a bullshit story. Yeah. And then curse over. It didn't take too much effort to kill the werewolf either because they establish... Uh, I mean, they just shoot him and he dies. And yeah. they, they do discuss later on that silver bullets and stuff aren't necessary. You could just kill it. Yeah, so they seem to know everything about this curse. And mm -hmm. they just don't realize that uh, you shoot this one guy and then the curse is over. Yay. Maybe he was a friend. You saved the town. He's a friend, but then they shoot him anyway when he's attacking the two kids. If they wanted to keep him alive, they would have just let him kill the kids. They already let yeah. him kill one. Yeah, I don't, I, don't, I don't think you're supposed to think about it as much as all that. Right, but... <laughs> After, they, they rescue the kid, they bandage him, and they call the hospital and make up a story about why he's been injured and what happened to the guy that's been shot. Yeah, they cover it all why up. Why didn't you just shoot the kid and say, I, I don't know, make up some other story. He yeah. escaped lunatic. Killed them both. Killed them both. Look, it is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> it's, a, it's a horror movie. So the, their explanation is that some lunatic escaped, attacked the kids, yep. the townsfolk saw it happen, yep. and shot the lunatic, but just a, a bit too late. Yep. Where did this lunatic come from? <laughs> I'm not sure we, they went that far with it. Escaped from where? Yeah, it's not the best uh, Not the best cover-up. <laughs> no, no, not at all. And later on when they do reveal the secret, they're not especially informative anyway. No. The doctor who uh, is treating the, the, the guy who's bitten, the main character, travels to the town to investigate further later on. And he doesn't ask a whole lot of questions. He kind of gets vague information from one guy doesn't press him any further and then comes back and is like well i think there's i think he's a werewolf i, w I, I don't know if that was me i'd be asking for the specifics of the curse people like, are could... very quick to accept usually in movies you know the kid says oh i think i'm gonna be a werewolf and people are like oh you're crazy we're gonna commit you now yeah right it's not the most flawless plot but i think the it's good and, oh, it's and you terrific. know the stories it's a solid story it's just that the details aren't fleshed out. But then it, they can't be. I think if you're going to write a story about a werewolf, there are going to be plot holes because they're not real. So right. if they were real, then you know the military would get involved or something like that. <laughs> it's kind of necessary to gloss over certain aspects of it in these films. Same with, you know, same with vampires. Like If you think about it too much, it falls apart. Yeah, I just felt like this one was especially easy to pick apart. Sure. <laughs> Only because he was the last remaining werewolf. If that hadn't been said... I would have been totally happy to, to go along with it. Be because they tried to explain it somewhat, mm -hmm. they opened themselves up to, to the plot holes. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah, okay. No, that makes sense. He wakes up in London after he's been bitten and his friend has been killed. Uh, so American Werewolf is in London. He falls in love with this nurse who's looking after him and then he begins to transform and then it kind of, you know, it all goes from there. Mm -hmm. There's not much else to it, really. He's a, he becomes a werewolf and then... Attacks the town. Yeah, attacks people in London. And then at the end... It gets resolved. And we'll talk about the end of it later, actually. I do have yeah. something to say about that, but we'll, okay. we'll talk about that later. Were there any scenes in particular that you enjoyed in the film? Yes. There was one shot in particular that was terrific. Uh, it was actually my favorite death in the movie as well. There's a man who hears something in the subway. He starts to run. And it's a very tense scene because you're seeing the camera be, is the point of view of the werewolf. Yep. So you're seeing it run through the tunnels and chase this guy. My favorite scene is when 
the camera's shooting down from the top of an escalator that this guy has tripped on, and you can see the shadow of the werewolf come in, and then yep. it cuts away just before he gets killed. Yeah, you can see the the wolf kind of enter, but you don't... You see it, but you don't see it. That's I think that's what makes it so good. Yeah, it was such a tense scene, and the best death, because some of the other deaths were very gory, and mm-hmm. yeah, you got kind of flashes of what happened, but this one was just... It was done in such a good way. I agree. I liked... Uh, this film is called a comedy at times, and there was an interview with John Landis that we watched, the director, um, and he says he doesn't feel that it is a comedy. It's a funny horror film. Yeah. yeah like, it is a horror film first. But I do think it is very funny at times. Mm-hmm. It's very clever in sections. One of my favorite scenes, just because it felt so authentic, there's a scene where he realizes that he's a werewolf and he decides that he needs to get himself arrested. So he's in Trafalgar Square and he starts trying to, to get this, this Bobby, this British police officer, to arrest him. And so he's yelling, you know, like, offensive things about the royal family and making nuisance of himself. And the policeman is like, stop it. And he's like, you're going to arrest me? And he's like, no, I'm not going to arrest you. Just stop it. I just thought it was a very authentic scene. It felt very realistic. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was I think, well written. He does not get arrested, but but the, the I thought the dialogue was very authentic. Yeah, because he just looks like a crazy yelling things in the street. And they're like, yeah, buddy, exactly. just, just get out of here. Everybody, <laughs> just go about your business. Don't worry about this guy. Yeah, yeah. It was a good scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like a lot of the comedy was like that. It was it was subtle comedy. It all worked. There were no scenes where I felt like the jokes fell flat or anything like that. The tone of the whole film, I think, worked really well. Yeah, it wasn't really scary. It was more funny. I mean, not funny in a comedy sense, but in one of those old B-grade horror movies. You know, laugh out loud, leg slapping, funny. Yeah. Just, just kind of amusing and entertaining. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I feel like it, it kind of makes the horror more... Realistic. Sort of, yeah. His dream sequences I thought were pretty great too, actually. They were funny slash horrific at the same time. Yeah, there's one scene where he has a dream that he's back home with his family in America and these SS werewolves come in and just shoot out the whole family in kind of comical ways. Yeah, they murder his whole family and then he... um, they slit his throat and he wakes up and then he's in the hospital with the nurse there and he says, oh, I had a terrible dream. And she's like, oh, I know how to sort that out. Walks over to the window and then one of the the werewolf Nazis comes in and stabs her and he's like, what? And then he wakes up again. Yeah, that scene was great because they didn't come in and just outright murder the family. Like they would shoot them with a shotgun and the family member would go flying across the room and slam into the wall. Yeah, it was comical. And they're watching the Muppet show, which was... <laughs> A great little addition because Frank Oz was actually in this film. Yeah, I've never seen Frank Oz as himself in a film. Yeah. Yeah. Outside of this. All right, let's do a death count. Okay. I had a bit of trouble keeping track of this. Yeah, it gets a bit crazy towards the end. Yeah, there were two at the beginning. Yep. Uh, There were six on the first night that he becomes a werewolf. Yep. The second night is when I totally lost count. (laughs) So the ones that we see, Mm -hmm. uh, the first one is Jack, his friend. We see Jack killed by the werewolf at the start. That's right. Second one is the werewolf. Yeah, the, we see the werewolf killed. The next two are a... I was going to say husband and wife, but I think later on they say that they're engaged. So we see a couple killed yep. by mm-hmm. him, by... by What's the main character's name? David. I don't re- David, okay. By David. Yeah, the next three were a cutaway scene of some homeless people that just hear a wolf howling. Right, we don't see them die. Yep, you find out the next morning when it's in the newspaper... Yeah. The next one that we see is the guy on the tube, the guy, mm-hmm. you know, running through the tunnels and then on the escalator. Yep. 
But you don't really fully see that scene as well. No, that's right. It cuts away before his death. Yeah, it's implied that he was killed, but you don't actually see his death. Yep, so that is the six from night one. Yep. The next night when he's at the the porno theater, Mm -hmm. you see the usher and the guy... I, I mean, you don't see him kill the guy who walks up to, to investigate as he's yeah, transforming. Yeah, you can assume that he does. But you see his body later. Yeah. So, and I think he actually kills quite a few people in that room. Yeah, that's where I kind of lost count because they don't show all of that. But later on right. when the cop comes in, there are quite a few bodies. Yeah, so I'd say it's like four or five people in there. The, mm-hmm. the, you, but the, the, the ones that we are definitely aware of are the usher and, and that guy that comes over to talk to him. Yep. Uh, and then the next one uh, is the police detective who gets his head bitten off. Mm-hmm. And then after that, it all gets a bit chaotic. Yeah, it kind of becomes pandemonium outside. All of the cars start smashing into each other and people yeah. are dying in accidents. and People get run over or crushed by the cars. Yeah, one of the worst deaths, I think, in this movie was the man in the bus who falls out the window of the bus as it crashes and then gets <laughs> run over by a passing car. Yeah, yeah, and then there's uh, there's a few, yeah, like a policeman gets crushed between two cars and then also a younger guy, I think is actually the director himself, playing, you know, an extra, mm-hmm. uh, and an elderly woman get knocked through a window of a shop. Are we to assume that they died? I don't know. As you said, during the car crash sequences, a lot of people get crushed or run over and it's it's all a bit unclear. So what number did you come up with? My number is, uh, I think, 12 confirmed kills i think is that all because i mean so you've already got eight absolutely confirmed you have the two that you saw at the very beginning of the movie and then you have mm-hmm. the six that the newspaper confirms on the first night he becomes a werewolf yes and then we know for a fact at least five people were killed mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah okay i put then, down four for the um for the theater sorry i, th- I had the usher and the guy who comes over, and then I had the police officer, and then I had the guy who was crushed. And you're right, I've probably excluded the people that, the other people in the theater. So I would say, I mean, at least 15 deaths. Yeah, you're probably right. I felt like a lot of the car crash ones were fairly ambiguous, so I don't, I didn't include them. Yeah, it was tough to keep a count. <laughs> yeah. And then there is one more death. Of course, yeah. And that is David himself. Yes. Which is how the movie ends. Yeah, the the ending is very sudden. It is, because... So the whole town find a, kind of um, backs him into an alley. Mm-hmm. All the police start uh, build a barrier and keep him in this alley. And then uh, Jenny Agater, who is the nurse that he falls in love with, yep. uh, runs up and tries to break through the werewolf to David. Mm. And then he yeah. just gets shot. <laughs> Yeah, so she's trying to to speak to him and within the wolf and say, you know, it's me kind of thing. Rah, rah, and then he moves towards her and then they just shoot him and he's dead. Mm-hmm. End title. Yeah, the final scene is his, his body um, as a human. He's transformed because they transform back when they've been killed. Yeah, and then credits. And at first I thought, oh man, like that's a pretty abrupt ending. Yeah, especially after everything that had just happened in that scene. Mm-hmm. But then... Later on, I was thinking about it, and I was like, you know what? What else was there to say? (laughs) How else could it have ended? Like, are we going to see her being upset about it afterwards? Are we going to see the police trying to explain it? Like, that opens up for, you know, like... Everything else you can assume. Yeah, I mean, the whole of London has just seen this werewolf killing people and running through the streets. I think 
ending it there is probably the best they could have done. Yeah, well, otherwise it would be an hour of just boring litigation. And- exactly, yeah. And she's, oh, I'm so upset about it. And then them trying to explain it away. And yeah, so I think yeah. the ending, after thinking about it later, I think it was a pretty good place to just end it. I guess we're to assume... That's it. The curse is over. Right. See, it's funny because people know what werewolves are, clearly, in the Mm -hmm. film. They're Mm -hmm. aware of werewolves. I don't think they're aware of them as a thing that is real. No, no, no. They They are aware of them in the way that we are. Yes. So so in the the universe of this film, it's our universe. Mm -hmm. Except that in this case, there is one werewolf who is real in in Northern England. And as we are in, in real life aware of the legend of werewolves, so are they. Yep. And I thought it was just interesting because, I mean, they don't address this and they don't didn't need to. It's not important. But werewolves come from, you know, like Germany and that kind of area. And so I just thought it was interesting, this concept that there is only one. Right. Um, and so when, when they say the curse has ended, do they mean there are no more werewolves or do they just mean that the line of that wolf has been ended? Right. It could be that elsewhere in the world there are other werewolves. Well, actually, you know what? If American Werewolf in Paris is actually supposed to be a sequel, then we can assume that there are. Is it? Well, I, is it? I don't know. Is it That's, or is it kind of a remake? I think we should probably watch it again at some point and, and maybe do an episode on it. Okay. To, and we can discuss that because I don't recall. I know that I actually think I saw that at the movies when it came out. Okay. Um, that one is a pretty tough one to watch because it's so outdated. I loved it yeah. when I was younger. Oh, yeah. So did I. Yeah. From memory... It's got a lot of early CG mm-hmm. in it, computer generated for for the wolves and everything. It's and very nineties. Yeah, I'm worried that it's gonna be gonna be not good <laughs> because of it. Maybe nostalgia will keep it afloat. Yeah, so we can look at doing that maybe in a later episode. Um, if you want us to do it, write in and let us know. You can email us necronomenom at multiplenerdgasm.com. Would you recommend people watch this film if they haven't? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it's. A classic. Yeah, I definitely put it up there. One of my favorite werewolf films. Another would be Dog Soldiers, which I would like to discuss at some point. Okay. Um, that's another great one. I'm a big fan of werewolves in general. I feel like they're not overdone yet. <laughs> so maybe we can... <laughs> yeah, and the Howling films, actually. I really Well, not all of the Howling films. There's uh, the Howling 3 in particular, the Australian one. Have you ever seen that? No. <laughs> oh, man, you're in for a treat. <laughs> it's awful. All right. So maybe we can do that at some point. If you've got any other films you want us to talk about, we can do those as well. Yeah, let us know what you want to hear. Uh, and also, you can head over to multiplenerdgasm.com. There's a contact form there. You can get in touch with us that way, or you can find us on Twitter and Facebook, Multiple Nerdgasm. Just give us a search. This episode was brought to you by Fiverr. Head to multiplenerdgasm.com slash Fiverr, and you can get some pretty cool stuff done for $5.